Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 everyone listening tonight, and hello to those people who did not listen tonight, and you're going to listen on our lovely podcast. Welcome to the Breakdown Radio Show with your host, Miss Sharifa Hardy. No, no, let me change that. The fabulous Miss Sharifa Hardy and me, Mr. Marvin Showtime Williams. We are so happy you all can be listening in because we have an excellent show topic tonight, one that I know both Sharif and I have come across a thousand times probably, and pretty much to paraphrase it, it goes something like this. You have a great idea, an awesome idea, the idea. Now, you got to turn it into something. You got to do what they always say, Sharifa, you got to monetize. Talk to me. Okay. Is that where I can make it say yeah? I, no, you don't have to, Sharifa. You know how you do. Your contract says you do you when you want to do you at the time you're doing you. So that don't mean nothing other than how you doing. I am excellent. How are you? I'm I'm always on one. You know me. I can't seem to get off whatever it is that I'm on. So I'm I'm learning how to bottle it and sell it. That's how the breakdown works. Well, bottle it and how much is it going for these days? I don't know because you know all about supply and demand, and lately I've seen a lot of the the demand for whatever it is that I'm carrying in terms of the energy. So, uh, you Uh know, I ain't trying to say I'm not going to work with nobody, but, you know, it might not quite be um, a freebie either, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I I, I think me and you can come with, you know, some pricing strategies, you know, because I know you're good at that. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. You know, so uh, we are here. On this lovely evening, and you know what? I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll twist it around for you, Sharifa. I'll do it like, you know how how if I if I think about your experience, you know I could just let's pretend like you know I'm a a soon to be client of yours, and I have this lovely 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 idea. You know how many times have you heard this before? And let's talk about some of the success stories. What can people do to go from A to B with an idea? You know what do you co- constantly tell people to do to move forward? Well, I mean, the first thing, even though it sounds simple when you say I have an idea or someone has an idea, that's really actually very vague. So the first thing I try to do is pinpoint where they are with the idea. Did they just wake up with this idea and they're, they're completely starting from scratch or they have an idea and they've actually taken some steps towards creating idea you know, maybe they've created their website. Maybe they've created. Idea, but if they just have an idea, then again, I try to figure out where they are in their life. So for instance, maybe they have an idea for a new business that they want to start. Okay. Then I, before I even take a look at the business or the idea, I look at, okay, are they working full-time? Is this going to be like a hobby? Is this something that they're going to do part-time? You know, how much time do they have available to dedicate towards making this idea into a business? And then once I'm able to ascertain how much time they have to dedicate towards this business, then I take a look at what they really want to do with the business. What is their end game? What is their goal? Because everybody's end game and everyone's goal isn't the same. 
for instance, some people just really, even though they say I have an idea and I want to, you know, maybe make a business, what they really want is something, you know, closer to a hobby. So one of the first things I take a look at and I mm, ask people, it, yeah, it is, you know, I always ask the question, are you operating a business or are you operating a hustle? Because a business mm. and a hustle are two diff- completely different things. And I'm a non-judgmental business consultant. So I don't judge people on whether or not they're operating a business or whether or not they're operating a hustle. Either one is fine with me. You know, it's really up to you. But I like to understand the game, the, the rules of the game we're playing, you know, and people sometimes don't understand the difference. But when you're hustling something, that energy is like, okay, let me go get some flyers, go stand out in the parking lot and just say, hey, come look in my car, come look in my trunk, come get these CDs. That's a hustle. Mm. Okay. And again, I'm not knocking anyone's hustle. I'm not saying, you know, you should do this or you have to do that. But what I am saying is that if you have a business, a business is operated in a certain way. If you try to go to the bank these days and get a bank loan, the bank wants to see, you know, that you're in business. If you're if you're trying to go get um, capital for your business, people want to see that you're actually operating a business. So what I do is try to help people, or not try to, but what I do is I help people take a look at where they are with their idea and really get an idea for myself of where they want to go with that idea. Because people sometimes, you know, have a lot of different ideas, but are they really going to put the time, energy, and resources in bringing those ideas to life? Or is this just, you know, an idea? Is this something they're just talking about? You know, one of my friends used to always say there are cemeteries full of billion-dollar ideas, you know, because people took those ideas to the grave and didn't actually do anything with it. You know, you spoke a lot of game. You hit a few points that I had to try to remember to write down myself. You know, like, is it an idea? When you said, you know, is it a hustle or a business, I thought that was pretty deep, pretty exceptional. Because I, 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 to tell you the truth, I think all of mine are a little bit of everything. You know, I don't even know how to differentiate the two. Like, talk talk to me about, like, what when you see someone coming or you see a, 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 a an idea forming in front of you, like, you know, how, how, how are you able to tell which is which, you know, and, and which do you like to collaborate on? Because I guess, like you said, hustles can be short-term or quicker or, you know, it's a hobby, you know, like what really drives your creative juices? Juices. Well, basically what dif- differentiates a hustle from a business is that a business is operated in a certain way. A business has things like QuickBooks, Okay, it has some type of accounting system. Okay, mm-hmm. a hustle is that wad of ones or fives or tens or whatever it is in, in the pocket. It could be twenties, mm-hmm. you know, it could be hundred dollars, you know, whatever. But it's all rolled up with one rubber band. That's a hustle. Mm. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, again, it's now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. No, I don't, I don't want to stop you because you're on a roll. No, but I was I was just saying again, it's not about judging it. It's not about judging and saying that okay, this person who keeps all their money in their in their pocket as opposed to this person who has a bank account and, and, and an actual accounting system is better. 
is not about being better or worse. It's about be, it's about a difference in operating. You know, because a hustler, mm-hmm. he's not going to have an accounting system in place. You know, because that's not his. He's not going to sit down at a computer and and put all his invoices and expenses into the system. That's not mm-hmm. what you do when you hustle. Now, when you're operating a business and you're thinking about tax time and the receipts and you know the things that you need to pay and the vendors and the the uh, distribution outlets and everybody that has to be accounted for, that's a businessman. That's a business person. So it's really just a different mentality in operating. And usually what happens if a person is wise is they evolve from from hustling to operating a business. But what happens is we start out with all the energy of the idea and we want to start that business and we want to say, make some money. So to a certain extent, we start hustling. We we start, you know, we get our hustle on, we get our grind on, and we start going out and making the sales and doing the deals. But sometimes we don't evolve to operating a business and taking a look at the business aspects of what it is that we're doing. And we, to a certain extent, kind of stay in that hustle mode. And to me, even when you're a mom or pop shop, you're still to a certain extent in that hustle mode. You have because the whole real point of being a business owner is simply to create jobs. And so if you're stuck in that hustle mode or that mom and pop mode, you're really not doing what businesses are intended to do which is to expand to be able to employ other people and to create jobs. Oh, that's very, very, very well said. Very well said. And then, you know, when I look at what, what and, and the information that you're providing, you know, let's talk about, because now, now you, because of your experience, you're able to take those broad strokes, you know, um, what are some of the things you see people do in the beginning of creating a business that, you know, you think is maybe counterproductive or not as good for them in terms of how much progress they want to make for starting a business. If you, and I'm not going to say that you're quoted, but like, what are kind of like your do's and don'ts? Like when you see people coming your way with a business, what, what, what are some of the things that you'd like to see? And what are some of the things that you don't like to see? Well, you know, it's funny. I've never really looked at it like that. I've never looked at what I like to see or what I don't like to see. Really those things, don't occur to me. What I look at is where a person is and where they want to go, like what their expectations are. To me, that's more important than what I would like to see because if they mm-hmm. want to start a business and they they need a consultant or they need marketing, the, what I'm going to look at is their expectations. Okay, is this person dreaming, you know, as they say, you know, do they have uh, caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget? You know, to me, that shows the how realistic they are as far as operating their business. That's the kind of thing um, I'm looking at. Okay, mm-hmm. for instance, that their business is, and I'm, these are just examples that I'm making up, but they're a business owner who sells cars, right? So they want to sell cars and they want to promote their car dealership. Okay, what's your monthly marketing budget or what's even your annual marketing budget? So if their annual marketing budget is $200 a month, 
okay, how realistic are they about marketing their business, getting their brand out there, as opposed to somebody who has a, a larger um, marketing budget? To me, that's, you know, more idea. And, and you can look at it and say, okay, that's because Sharifa wants to make money. Okay, everyone wants to make money, but how realistic is it that you'll be able to successfully market or advertise your business without an actual marketing budget? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, what are you going to do to actually get promote your business so people buy, you know, your either product or your service, right? Absolutely. No, I hear that. So now you mentioned one thing. You mentioned like you know smaller budgets versus larger budgets. So let's talk about let's talk about that strategy. You know, is is the key here to always try to have the, the most grandiose budget, or what are you thinking? Is your realistic approach to it to try to have a, a, a business startup with at least you know one year operating capital and then you know some type or some kind of realistic budget because you know those are those are always interesting when people try to put those together. Well, it's interesting that you compare, you said, what we're doing to having a larger market budget. It, it's kind of funny because when I look at what we're doing, I wouldn't necessarily look at what we're doing and say, ah, we set out with the, the, the intention to create a business. Even though we created a business, we didn't necessarily go into it with the intention to create a business. So there's a different expectation. What we did is we said, hey, there's magic here. We can, we've created magic, or we, we can create magic. So let's take the mm-hmm. magic. We have the ability to create with a very low overhead, and that overhead is $40 a month. So, hey, Marv, you hustle up $20 a month. Sharifa, you hustle up $20 a month. We'll put our little, see, again, hustling. You take, you, we hustle mm-hmm. our little money, put it together. We got $40 together. And, I mean, that's no, no secret. I mean, it's common knowledge. You can go to blogtalkradio.com and look at the prices, you know, uh, of the services. And we said, mm-hmm. let's work on something. Let's put this together. Let's build a following. Let's get some advertisers. And then we can generate the money that we need to expand. So if there are things mm-hmm. or aspects that we want to do um, together or with the business, we can. But we're not saying, okay, let's go and get this office that has this expense. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Because we're just to to a certain extent extent setting up our business. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've seen many Italian people who, when they set up a business, do things that they think are actually the things that you do to incorporate good business. Like I'll see them run out, you know, and everything will be there. They're grabbing a the business card, nothing wrong with that. You know, they're trying to advertise. You know, all of a sudden they see them getting offices doing this. I've seen businesses all of a sudden start, you know, with no, with, with actually no sales, try to hire people who are in the wrong dimension. And we, you and I both see businesses that are actually in business that maybe have operating, and maybe have they have operating capital either through investments or maybe that you know someone, you know, came in and they were like an angel investor, uh, and 
you know, they're spending money and they're doing things to act like a business. But, you know, when you look back at it, you say, hey, you know, how are the, how's the products and the services side of the business going? Like, you know, how is this really going to grow organically? Or are you just trying to be busy to make it seem like you're doing, you know, the things uh, that you heard of or you've seen people do when they're starting up a business? Because I've seen, I've seen first-time business owners or even some seasoned folks just get out there and just try to be busy to be busy. And they're doing things, and you're like, all you're really doing is wasting a lot of energy and finances, and you're not any closer to the goal. You know, some people just jump in with both feet. And I see it a lot of times, actually, in entertainment, to where people want to go and they want to get into the business of Hollywood, and they think that the checkbook is the actual key. And while production money is key, that's not necessarily making a great business because even in entertainment, these movies, these records, you know, these TV shows, there's a business to all of them and you know having the production cost is one thing but like you're saying then you got to market what you created you got to distribute what you've been created you have to put what you created into the right avenues and into the right structure to be monetized and there's a whole lot to that that's not just you know like we said before you know if we if you build it they will come yeah, you know, building it is very important. However, there's things that you got to do to make sure people walk through that storefront. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, from those points, you know, we kind of can transition into, you know, the next phase. So you have people who, you know, they're pretty coherent, you know, and um, and they're, they're making kind of like, you know, the right moves. And I've seen this too to where, you know, a few of the right steps are taken in the beginning you know, let's talk about the pitfalls. Let's talk about also things that happen when businesses also grow too quickly. Because just as much as, you know, people, they, businesses hurt from growing too slowly or not having enough cash flow and revenue and this and the other, there's also the problem for the businesses. They kind of like ramp up. And before you know it, they're hiring this and hiring that and doing this and that. You know, talk to me about maybe some of your experiences with that or just, you know, what your feeling is when people like, you know, that wave starts coming and they're on it and things aren't moving very fast. When you say things are moving very fast, what do you mean? Well, you know, um, like, uh, for instance, uh, and this happened a lot during, like, the dot-com boom. You know, we would see companies literally go from zero to 60. Like, they were an idea at a Starbucks one day, and then before you know it, you know, there's 30 employees running around for this uber-duper.com. And then... Um, there's a little success, and then all of a sudden they fizzle out because now they're, you know, 30 employees have turned to, like, 200, you know what I'm saying? And there's a speed, and it's always been – it's written, you know, it's very well documented, you know, just like, you know, your business is moving slow for reasons, you know, speed, the, you know, accelerated growth while not maintaining, you know, uh, uh, an adequate structure can also, you know, hurt a business as well. And I was just saying, if, you know, if you've been around businesses that have kind of like, you know, caught like, you know, a good, a good run, you know, they, they either, they gain capital, Absolutely. you know, they, maybe they, yeah, they've locked Absolutely. in a couple of customers and then all of a sudden now they're kind of out of control. Absolutely. I mean, that was my experience during the, you know, dot-com boom. I mean, because I, I was mm-hmm. one of the people that started up perks.com, almost golf.com, mm-hmm. a lot of dot-com businesses and you really touched mm-hmm. on an excellent point. See, what what happened was, you know, these companies went from, like you said, from just that one or two, maybe three employees to all of a sudden they had 200, you know, 
a hundred, mm-hmm. two hundred employees. But what happened? It wasn't the the business idea or the business itself. What happened was a lot of angel investors and investors at that period of time really believed that if it was a dot com, it was going to succeed. It, as long mm-hmm. as it was on the World Wide Web it was going to be successful because the World Wide Web is the last frontier. It's that last mm. place where it doesn't matter really what you're selling. As long as you build it, they will come. You build that website. You build, your your product will just fly off the shelves, mm-hmm. just like magic. Mm-hmm. That's how the website mm-hmm. is. It, you know, it's magic. You put it on the web, get mm-hmm. you a .com, you know, and, and, and it sounds kind of, you know, it may sound kind of silly now, but a lot of people mm. believe that. And so it was very mm. easy for some people, not everyone, but some people at that point of time um, in the 90s, especially, to just get investors. If they say, okay, I'm, I'm building a company, it's a dot-com here. Okay, here's $10 million. And so they took the, mm-hmm. the millions of dollars, and what they did is they, they got the, the huge high-rise offices. They, got, they hired mm-hmm. the 200 people. But – just because they had the money, and this is a lesson a lot of business owners learned, was just because they had the money doesn't mean that it was it's guaranteed to be successful. That's something that, you know, before people really could have argued. You know, if you get money, you'll you'll win. No, a lot of business owners mm-hmm. tested that theory. They tested it with millions of dollars. And you can give someone mm-hmm. millions of dollars, but they, that does not necessarily mean they'll be successful. They appear to mm-hmm. be successful during that time period when they have the millions. And arguably people will say, oh, if they weren't as successful, if they weren't as smart, if this product wasn't as wonderful and as great as it is, then there's no way they would have raised millions of dollars. But a lot of times it just simply had to do with the networks and the relationships and the circles that they were in. You know, they, a lot of these people already had relationships with banks and people who were successful. They golf with them every day. You know, these are the golf buddies. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, you know, I'm starting this go- this dot-com business. I need some support, mm-hmm. old buddy, old pal Marvin. You know, why don't you go ahead and slide mm-hmm. me $5 million? It's a dot-com. There's no way I could fail. You know, and I'm making it sound really sim- simplistic, but really, no, this is these are the simple, conversations like that. that you know mm-hmm. that were happening. And so, what happened was they they used the. Um, now, I'll give you an example. One of the companies, one of the first companies that laid me off, nine eleven two thousand and one, and you know mm-hmm. the whole economy was hit. But literally, when I started working at this company, we were working in the garage of what mm. was an auto shop. It was a, a a section of an auto mechanic shop that was basically our call center for a mm. internet hosting company. And we started in the garage. And they got funding. The company grew. And we went from a garage in Gardena to the Xerox mm. building in El Segundo. And if anyone is familiar oh, yeah. with the Xerox building in El Segundo, it really stands out right there by LAX. You know, we came in, we had, we were at the top um, couple of floors of the Xerox building. We had high-tech um, gadgets. You could, in order, to, well, you didn't even need keys to get into the office. They did a, a retina scan. So it would scan your eyeball. Oh. It would let you into the building. 
we had the most expensive chairs, the most expensive cubicles. You know, we had the executives that came in in the suits. And guess what? Everyone was laid off, you know? Mm. And so we kind of asked ourselves, okay, was it that were we doing better when we were at the garage in Gardena? You know, at least it's the garage mm-hmm. in Gardena. You know, we were at the same salaries. It's not like we went from Gardena to we were moving on up. No, we moved right mm-hmm. down the street, had the same salary, you know, but a couple of months later, we, we no longer had jobs. So just oh because someone has mm-hmm. millions of dollars or even investment dollars, there is, there's no, that does not guarantee success. There's no nothing that will guarantee success. The only thing that I would say that will guarantee success is faith and tenacity. If you have faith and tenacity and you keep going, eventually, you know, you're going to be successful. But just having the money and just, you know, having it is not necessarily going to mean you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you you, you provided that excellent point to where, you know, you said when you had the company to move over to, from the garage to the to the Xerox office, you know, that is um, prestigious. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I see a lot of companies do that when they, they make that prestigious move, right? Yes. And then and, and for, for a while it feels good, but like you're saying, the, the salaries aren't um, there and, you know, uh, probably a few other things aren't there. I know I dealt with a company, the same thing. It was funny. Their prestigious move, was that um, while it was also done in uh, in good faith, they would always like you know cater lunches and do things like that. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that's what I call yeah. a prestigious move. And it feels like oh yeah, you know, lunches like this, and there's these things going on, and there's this money being spent. But then you scratch your head and you're like, well, you know, now these two people are let go, <laughs> and these other people mm. want bonuses, but but they're still catering. And then people are kind of like, you know, we could do away with all this catering stuff if it means people can stay employed and people can get bonuses that they rightfully deserve. Like, you know, what are we doing all these things for? And, right. you know, I've, I've, I've done the same thing. I've, I know I've, I've had a couple moves, even in the, my production company, to where I've done the prestigious move, like, oh, let me go do that. And part of it is ego and trying to, you know, make yourself seem – like you're bigger than you are or you're not, and you're not quite at that level, but now you're so close, you just want to move there. You don't want to hesitate. Mm-hmm. You want to move from A to B. And you make that move because you can, but it's not necessarily the right time. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot and, of things it, like that. Like one of the things for us that was kind of funny was we had a juice machine. And you're probably like, what is a juice machine? But it was we had this juice machine in our break room, just like if you were go to any any you know hamburger stand, and they always had a little soda machine, and you put the little your cup, and you know that's what they they gave us. So we didn't have to worry about having juice. You know, we could go there and have different kinds of juice. You know, and when we first moved into the Xerox building, this this juice machine at work was cool. You know what I mean? You get a little thirsty. You walk over there, get right. you some juice. You know, we right. always had, they come around with with um, every Wednesday or Friday or whatever it is, you know, little treats for us. And and, and mm-hmm. it was it was cool. But when people started getting laid off, it's like, okay, how much, how much does this juice machine cost? You know, how much is it costing us for juice? 
You know, all of a sudden mm. that juice wasn't as important as, you know, being employed. Mm-hmm. No, that is that is the absolute truth. And, and, and we can see that, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, um, how the parallel, like, you know, what, what, the, the items that kind of like, you know, kind of coincide with that is when we're talking about juice machines, we're talking about like, you know, uh, when we're talking about, um, you know, catered lunches, this and the other. Then at the same time, you can see how, you know, even in larger businesses, even in government or whatever, you know, the amount of perks that are there for certain, um, the amount of perks that are there for certain, you know, um, positions, you know, it's kind of like the same thing. It's kind of like that, you know, that, 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 that indulgence, you know, that nature that sometimes, you know, we get as business people to kind of like, you know, treat ourselves, do something of that nature, and it takes us over the top. Now I want to kind of scale it back. I want to scale it back a little bit if we can for like, you know, say for the listeners who, who would listen to the show and they have a good idea, you know, what are some of the things that Sharifa you like to see happen in the beginning, the absolute beginning of a startup, um, no matter how big the idea, let's, let's just say it's one person. It's a girlfriend of yours, and she calls you. She's like, Sharif, I'm about to start this idea. What would you tell her to do? Say she, you know, she wants to start, like, you know, um, uh, what is, what's easy into? Uh, and, uh, say she wants to start up, like, you know, a cookie business where she would, like, you know, start baking cookies, this and the other from home, and get it going. But she can bake. She, 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 everybody says she got some bomb cookies, but what should she do next? Like, everybody's loving her cookies. She calls you says, everybody loves my cookies, but what, would I, what should I do next besides cook them? Well, the first thing that I, I do, whether it's you no, know, whatever it's a cookie business or whatever business it is, I really try mm-hmm. to get an idea. And sometimes I do this by testing them in different ways. How I do that, I don't know, but I will. Believe me, I will. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I try to figure mm-hmm. out their level of commitment to their business. You know what I mean? Because first mm-hmm. of all, when you start thinking about baking cookies and selling cookies, the first thing that you mm-hmm. see or know is that that's a food item. You cannot sell mm-hmm. food items without certain permits and certain licenses, mm-hmm. and you have to have mm-hmm. a certain um, um, stove. You know what I mean? You have to have a certain type of, of kitchen to be able to cook for people. You know, you have to have mm-hmm. commercial licenses. So what mm-hmm. what I do is I say I look at them, I talk to them, and I explain to them, you know, are you willing to do these things? Are you willing to take these mm-hmm. steps? Because if not, guess what? You are operating a hustle. If you don't have your licenses to do business, then that's a hustle. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And and with mm-hmm. the hustle, you can only go so far. For instance, I have a friend who has a, a, a baking business, Skinny Cookies. Mm-hmm. Skinny Cookies mm-hmm. has, is, you know, has a relationship with um, the school system. So she mm-hmm. knows people within the school system, and she is – you know, going to be allowed to sell her cookies through the school system. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. before she can sell her cookies through the school system, she has to have the proper equipment and the proper licensing. So you can't just mm-hmm. jump into arena with a business without having the proper license, without having the proper, you know, tools to go into that arena. And sometimes what happens is people just think, oh, I love cookies. I want to have cookies and eat cookies and sell cookies. And that's mm-hmm. a what they call a lawsuit waiting to happen. A lawsuit waiting mm. to happen. Because the mm. you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, we all plan to have that perfect business or that perfect, you know, thing you know, operate perfectly. 
But mm-hmm. what happens if, you know, God forbid there's a different batch and something gets into that batch and, you know, it maybe it was nuts and the person was allergic to nuts and they get this horrible reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have certain steps and certain things that are in place to protect the consumer as well as the business. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you want to be in business and you're not looking at every aspect of being in business, then then I just kind of look at it more like, oh, okay, well, you know, they got a it's more like I treat them more like a 2-year-old. Like that's cute. You know what I mean? Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's sweet. Oh. You want to have a business? Oh, I'm I'm happy for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if not if you're not willing to take the steps and do the things that are necessary to build your business or to create your business. That's really what I want to see. You know, I'm I'm like that coach, you know, that's pushing you. I want to see how serious you are. I'm like, okay, are you mm-hmm. going to give me, you know, a hundred jumping jacks just to see if, you, if you're going to do them, if your com- your commitment to doing them, you know? So with business, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what is it going to take for you to commit to this business? Do you have the time it takes? Do you have the resources it takes? Because I know one of the things that, that, you know, you and I always talk about and go back and forth on is because I'm adamant about having the money in the bank. You know, I'm like, have mm-hmm. the money in the bank so that you can go out and you're sometimes, you know, like, hey, sometimes the people don't have the money. But if they hustle and they have the tenacity and they go out there and they create the business, then they'll generate the money. But even that, to a certain sense, is a resource. Because you have to have either time or money. You you have to have one or the other. You can't, you know, mm. preferably mm. both. But if you don't have mm. one or the other, there's I'm telling you, there's no, unless you, you know, get an inheritance, mm. you know, it's very unlikely or inherit a business from the family. It's very unlikely that you're going to create something from scratch. It takes time and mm. money or time, you know, time or money. So you, mm-hmm. you you have to have one of the two. I, I love that because at the same time, you know, when I look at it, you do you you hit it dead on when you're talking about time and money. Um because, you know, basically, you know, money can can allow you to if you if you if you're if you're working somewhere else to uh, to hire a consultant, you know, hire mm-hmm. a specialist to help you create that business because you're gonna buy someone else's time. Or if mm-hmm. you have the time you know, then you can move things forward. And we were both, you know, we both talked about this before to where, you know, there's, um, you know, there's people who might not even be necessarily getting all the business strategy correct, but they have the time and, and then they have that, you know, that will, you know, to just push right. things forward. And even if it's not necessarily the most correct strategy, having the time to push it forward and, and, we see that throughout, like, you know, a ton of starters. But when we also look at a couple of things too, you know, I want to point out, um, you know, from, from my standpoint, you know, we've, and I know we'll talk about this, you know, off the air, like we've done so many times, we can always look at, like, you know, businesses and how they're doing things correctly, right or wrong, and what we feel are right or wrong. And then there's always kind of like, you know, that, that surprise. I've seen surprises happen to where you're like, huh, it's kind of scratching your head. If you can describe any of the surprises that you've seen happen, um, why were they a surprise to you? And then, you know, and I, I could think of one, if, if you don't have one on top of your head, like, you know, why were they a surprise to you? And then after that, what, after that moment, what do you think was, like, you know, the groundbreaking thing they did um, correctly to, like, to kind of, like, you know, go from A to B? And what I'm, what I'm really asking is, like, you know, the business that you might have thought was going to fail, then all of a sudden you hear they're doing pretty well. You know, what didn't you see or what didn't even they see or what was the surprise that made it all work? 
Mm. Wow. You know, because it's, um, it's good for us. You know how as consultants, we, it's easy for us to go in there and say, hey, you as a producer, it's easy for me to go in and say, hey, you know, you, this might not work because of A, B, C, D, and E. But I got to admit, I've been surprised a couple of times, too. You know, you learn from those surprises. They make you a better, you know, they make you a better producer, whatever you are. Um, from a consulting standpoint, even as a business owner, you know, you get better. But um, any of those surprises stick out to you? Anything that kind of surprised you and you're like, hmm, okay, I get it. Well, I think if, if you're discussing um, surprises, um mm-hmm. To me, the surprises were more of the ones that everybody was so sure of. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. We, when we moved to the Xerox building, we, I mean, like, it's almost like in some of the experiences I've had in being laid off, it's almost like a death. You know what I mean? It's like mm. you, you always, you never, sometimes you don't see that death coming. You know, for me, with those startups, I knew we were going to be successful. You know, that we had bonuses mm. and, you know, our bonuses were tied into percentages and we were going to make this percent. And there was no way in the world I would have thought those businesses would have failed at all. And mm. I can't even mm. say they failed because from my understanding, they're still operating to this day. They just, one company just relocated to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, you know, cause that's, a lot mm-hmm. less expensive than the Xerox building in El Segundo, California, you know, then, mm-hmm. you know, but that was really a surprise to me. It was really a surprise. It almost literally took my breath away where I was blown away. Like, Oh my God, like how, how did we wind up here? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. remember we had worked our way up. We, you know, when you work mm-hmm. your way up, all you think, is you going to keep going and going and going. You don't see, okay, all of a sudden there's, you know, uh, uh, um, a plot twist. You know what I mean? That's because that's how it feels like plot mm-hmm. twist because you think that you're going one way and all of a sudden you wind up here. Now, I had mm-hmm. worked for or um, with a television network that everyone mm-hmm. has said, okay, this company ain't no way in hell they're going to succeed. Like, him, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. at each and every step of the way, every time, you know, you think the doors are going to close, they may close, but <laughs> they open right back up. Or you may they think they're not going to get that amount of mm-hmm. th- get that amount of money, and they get the money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, mm-hmm. they need this amount of money for the lights to stay on. Oh, there's no way in mm-hmm. hell they going to get that amount of money. But guess what? The lights mm-hmm. never go off. You know, mm-hmm. that's been my experience. And it's 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 um blown me away. But the mm-hmm. one of the things that I've learned in both experiences is being adaptable. You know, you have to be be mm-hmm. able to adapt to whatever comes your way. And what happens is a lot of people in general, not just businesses or business owners, but people can't adapt. And so because they can't adapt, they don't know how to move, they don't know how to proceed, they don't know how to figure it out. You know, they don't have that tenacity to where, okay, if this, if if we can't get in the door, we'll get in the window. You know, most people mm-hmm. sit and knock at the door and knock and then because they tired of knocking, they're going to sit down in front of the door. Then, you know, you're sitting down in front of the door. So now you got to take a nap. That's just obvious. You know, if you're sitting down, you're relaxing, mm-hmm. you have to take a nap. So you lay down, you rest, you be there for a little while. And in that time period, so, time period, someone with more, 
tenacity, some more gumption. Say, okay, they're going to step over you sleeping on the porch, and they're going to get in the house or get in the door or get in whatever they have to, meaning that that person is not asleep at the job. They're not asleep on it. They're going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. I think tenacity, too, is um, some people have more than others. Some people, you know, they fail a little bit, then it's a wrap. And then some people, they mm-hmm. just don't have that meter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, nothing, they just keep going. Like, no matter what happens, like, you know, we've seen companies where, you know, they're kicked out of that place or evicted from there or moving from here mm-hmm. and things aren't favorable there. And they just keep pushing forward. You know what I'm saying? And then some right. other people, you know, a little bit of that begins to happen. They were like, nah, we're doing something wrong or we're not doing something right. Or my, my people called me and said, this is embarrassing. I got to, I got to kill it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I can't, I can't continue with this endeavor, you know, um, right. you know, and those are, and those are all, those are all truths. When you, um, when you look back at, you know, some of the companies that you've definitely seen succeed, you know, one of some of the, besides tenacity, I know tenacity is a huge one. What are some of the other things which you think that you, what, what are some of the other things that you believe are common denominators that we haven't hit on um, already in terms of like, you know, going from A to B, having an idea and just beginning to push forward and it's beginning to flourish. What are some of the common denominators you've seen um, that we haven't talked about yet? The common denominators to success. Mm-hmm. I think the and common denominators. I think the common denominators really are um, having a plan. You know what I mean? Having an escape clause, having a if-then mm-hmm. statement. If this happens, then I'm gonna do this. So often, you know, we just jump into business. We don't, you know, it's almost like a relationship. You just jump into bed. You don't even know who you're dealing with. You know, in relation, mm-hmm. in, in business, you, you people just jump into it. But what's the plan? What's going to happen in six months? What's going to happen in two years? What's going to happen in five years? What's the plan? And when you get to that point mm-hmm. and the plan isn't, may not be happening the way you expect it to, what do you do? What is your recourse? You know, how do you adjust? You know, it's an expression in marketing. People say test and adjust, test and adjust. Sometimes people just mm-hmm. can test and they don't know how to adjust. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to say, okay, well, based on our projections, based on our campaign, based on our plan, what we projected and what we expected is for us to be in 50 million homes generating $2 million in revenue, but we're in 30 homes and we're, we're generating half a million dollars in revenue. So let's test some things. Let's make some adjustments so that we can increase our viewership and also increase our revenue. But sometimes when we get to a certain point, we just either kind of roll with it. Oh, we're going to keep doing this this way, this, this way. And then maybe one day we'll hopefully get to our goal or we take mm-hmm. a look at it and we don't even we don't even notice it at all. You know, what needs to happen mm-hmm. is we need to keep moving ahead, testing, adjusting, figuring out what's working, what's not working, keep what's working, let go of what's not working, and then just keep moving forward. But too often we don't adjust. We don't, you know, it's hard sometimes for us to make the difficult uh, decisions. Sometimes we don't know how to delegate. As as an entrepreneur, we're so used to doing everything mm-hmm. ourselves. You know, that's one of my, you know, I always say I don't necessarily care for being an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, you are responsible for everything. 
You know, it's like that old mm-hmm. in living color job, you know, joke. I, I got 15 jobs, mom. You know, 15. Mm-hmm. I am the accountant. I'm the cook. I'm the customer service. I'm the mm-hmm. sales. I'm the social media. You know, everything is mm-hmm. you. You just turn that hat around, and and now I'm the the you know the CEO. Turn that hat around. Hi, I'm the janitor. Mm-hmm. Every aspect of the business, you know, you're not only responsible for. You know, the corporate world being responsible for something is different from actually doing it. I mean, I think we all know that because we can always remember our supervisors and managers and we like, they didn't do anything. You know, all they did is sit around and watch me, watch me work. You know, Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur or as a business owner, there's no sitting around watching anyone work. You are the supervisor because you're supervising yourself. You're managing yourself. You know, you're answering all of the customer's questions. One of the things I always tell people is that I am the most unprofessional, professional business consultant you will ever meet, ever. Because, Mm. you know, in business, the customer is always right. It's what the customer Mm. wants. You know, being a a business consultant, I can can say, okay, you know what? Okay, you know, I I can push back sometimes in a way that, because I don't have to accept every client. I don't have to work with Mm -hmm. every client. So if I decide or choose not to work with anyone, there's no manager, no supervisor, or you, you know, let me talk to your manager. That's just me. Okay. So there's no one Mm -hmm. that they can talk to, you know, the buck stop here. So that's a wonderful thing that some business owners love, but that's also, you know, an aspect where it's frustrating because, you are responsible for everything. That's actually um, a, an interesting and awesome point. And you, you said it, you know, you covered it, and then I wanted to like kind of like dive right in. There's a special point in businesses. You said it like, you know, you mentioned you meant, you the joke from like, you know, in living color. You know, I got 15 jobs, mine, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, as a business owner, talk about the moments to where, you know, and you've probably seen it happen to where, you know, someone takes an idea from zero to 60, and then, you know, they have, you know, all these things that they, they, they did, all these different jobs so you can make the company move from A to B. And then there's that letting go period where they got to hire and try to delegate. And you go from A, being the person with 15 jobs, to B, the delegator. And it's, it can be very confusing and interesting, you know, right in, for, in from that bridge from A to B, because I've seen it definitely happen to where people are like, you know, so tight on, hold, they, they hold their business so tight and, and, and so close and trying to figure out who to delegate to and who to trust becomes a real issue. And that's where like a lot of things happen. And, you know, sadly, I've also seen business, businesses fail during that transition too. Yes, because it's a very difficult place to be. Because it's like Mm. your business is your baby, you know, and you're not Mm. just going to hand your baby over to anyone. I mean, and I I really Mm. think when you, when people say that, that really is an accurate, you know, assessment of, or accurate, accurate comparison. You know, people may Mm. think, oh, that's extreme. Your business isn't your baby, but your business is your baby. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. something that you created, something that you gave birth to. And not only that, but Mm -hmm. just like a baby, there are specific ways that we want things done. You know, some people Mm -hmm. allow their babies to eat candy. Some people don't. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Does that mean it's wrong? Does it mean it's right? Some things are indifferent. If some things are just mm-hmm. a choice. But when you're dealing mm-hmm. with your business, you want people to handle your business the way you would. You know, and that's one of the most difficult problems that I have because I am a, Marvin, I will tell you, I am a perfectionist with OCD. Okay, hear me when I say I'm a perfectionist (laughs) with OCD. So when I do something, I I want it done a certain way. I don't Mm half-ass do stuff. I don't do it just to, you know, to get a paycheck. I don't do it, you know, I'm not a C student. I need my A+. plus. If I don't have my A+, plus, mm-hmm. my self-esteem goes down, you know. So mm-hmm. when I try to delegate to someone and have them do something for me and they don't do it the way I need them or want them to do it, then that's very difficult to me. And it becomes a very judgmental thing because you're judging someone else's abilities to do a job. But at the end of the job, if pe- at the end of the day, if that job is representing me or representing my business, I need it and I want it and it has to be done a certain way. Like, for instance, I have people sometimes who help me schedule guests for my show, for my 8 o'clock, for my morning show, people schedule the shows for me. When I schedule a mm-hmm. show, I have a certain template, which I give to people. And then when I look Mm -hmm. and I see the emails that they're sending out and they're not sending out the same template, I have to go back and, again, explain to them, this is the template that I need you to use. Excuse me. The reason is I've created it a certain way. It gives the show page. It gives the show date. It gives the show time. It gives the time that I want them to call in. It gives them the call-in number. So if you remove any element of that you know, that person is going to be completely confused. I suggest to the guests that they promote the show on their social media. I let them know that there are advertising opportunities available on the show. So if you miss any Mm -hmm. of those aspects, you're doing me a disservice. And so when I look and I see, okay, especially since it's a template, you know, a template is code for copy and paste. So if you you Mm -hmm. really can't copy and paste, the information and send it to the guest, then you're doing me a disservice. And then I say, then I, instead of, and one of the, my um, weaknesses, people always tell me, Sharifa, you, you just got to work with them. You got to work with them, you know, and that is one of my biggest downfalls, my weaknesses. You know, I, it's very difficult for mm-hmm. me sometimes to quote unquote work for people, work with people. Mm-hmm. I'm more like, you know, cause I'm a control freak, even though control is an illusion. Like, on a personal note, it's very difficult for me to to ride in a car in the passenger side. It just is. Like, mm-hmm. I want to have the wheel. I like to drive. I like to go where I want to go. I don't like to carpool. You know, I don't mind you riding with me, but mm-hmm. I'm the one who has to have, have the wheel. So it's like that in business. This is the way I want it done. And if they can do it that way, good. If not, I don't really want to work with someone to get them to do it, you know, a certain way. Mhm. Mhm. No, that's that's um that's a lot. Of, that's a, that's a, that's three, four, five, six points right in there. I think um, you know, first of all, I got to commend you because uh, you know we have our shows where we have our moments, and then people say, "Oh, Mar, you talk a lot," and I love the fact that you were able to because you have so much, so much information and so much of a, of a backstory 
with, you know, startups as well as, you know, you know, seeing um, the common denominators. I'm loving the fact that you've been able to, like, you know, speak on so many different attributes of um, of starting a business. So then, okay, let's talk about Here's one for you. Here's one for you. We have this thing called the breakdown. So if you were giving, you know, a couple people starting a podcast advice, what would you tell them? Because you've had experience with podcasts as well. Well, the first thing, and it's funny because I did an interview. Actually, I was a guest on a radio show today, and they asked me the same question. So I'm going to give you the mm-hmm. same answer. Um, the first mm-hmm. thing that I would do is I would go to AskSharifa.com, and I would take my mm-hmm. one-hour course on how to host your own blog talk radio show. Because the first thing mm-hmm. you want to do before anything else is understand the technicalities of doing it. So often what people do is they try to figure it out along the way. And by trying to figure it out, you have trial and error. Mm-hmm. Why don't I, This is my mm-hmm. fifth radio show, my fifth radio mm-hmm. show. So sit down mm-hmm. with an expert. Let me teach you how to do it. And once you know how to do it, then you can get up on the bike and you can start writing. And you can start promoting your show and marketing your show and go and actually host a successful radio show because success mm-hmm. is a, a blueprint. There's a plan. There's a formula. One plus one equals two. So once you have the technical aspects and if you have the personality, you know, to go along with it, anyone can host a mm-hmm. successful podcast or a successful radio show. I gave a lot mm-hmm. of information today. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was the moon or the mood I was in or whatever, but I think, you know, mm-hmm. the last, we've been playing a lot with CJ, jokes from the hood, so I'm blame CJ, mm-hmm. you know. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of refocus a little bit and kind of get back to what we started with the, the breakdown, which was informing people about information, breaking down mm-hmm. information and giving them knowledge and information that they could walk away with from the show and actually take it into their business and operate and create a successful business. Mhm. Mhm. I think, I think you are. Um, you went on a roll tonight, girlfriend. You know. Well, thank you. And, I appreciate it. And and I love the fact. That I love how you've been able to bring it all together. I, you know, it's funny. You know, uh, you know how normally we can go back and forth, back and forth, and we get into these crazy, uh, debate, debatable situations, or mm-hmm. you know. Um, or, you know, we can have all this energy. It's been great having me listen to you as a show host, but at the same time having so many points that I agree with from the common denominator of the startups and even looking at, like, you know, the example of the, of, of the, of the cooking company that you said with your mm-hmm. friend who had the relationships, you know, in the educational system right. with the schools and stuff. And just because you know how to – and it's funny, cause just because you know how to cook, make a cookie and just because you got the schools, you think you know how to make the cookie and the other kids are right there. But there's a lot of in between, you know, whether it's certification, right, this and the other, having kitchens, this and the other, or like you're saying, if you're not careful, you're you're a situation just getting ready to set yourself up for lawsuits, you know. Absolutely. And so we have a question. People don't understand the in between. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know how we are. No, uh, I had a question yeah. from CJ. Um, CJ, mm-hmm. I host two daily shows. I do a show 8 a.m. every morning called Ask Sharifa, AMA, Ask Me Anything, where I have experts and influencers in their fields come on and be a guest on my show, and then I do this show at night, and I have fun. I talk about life, and I, and I talk to Marvin about what's going on in the world. So that's my morning show. 
and I think I also um, hit him on the in the in the chat, you know. And CJ, I'm happy that you're here, um, brother. And at the same time, you know, we are um, not winding down, but you know, you know, when the club lights come on, that's around that <laughs> nine fifty five mark. <laughs> that's when you know what's going to happen. We've had so much fun, and today it's been great because you know having a show host who's talented is the bomb. I'm pretty sure Sharifa said that about me at least once during the radio show period of our month together because when they get on the road, oh, my gosh, it's really, really cool. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and you know, I was planning to do, like, 45 things in between our radio show while doing our radio show, but I really just sat by the computers and listened to the show because it was so intriguing. I thought you were going to be on the road and we were just going to get right through it, and I was going to say, oh, that was nice. That was a wonderful hour, but I've actually also learned a lot through you, and I agree. I agree a lot with what you um what you've um discussed and and we're and we're very eloquent through this hour to be able to outline, you know. But thank you. I appreciate that. I do. Yeah, so so now you mentioned, you know, I wanna I don't wanna say anything, but you hinted at, you know, a guest for the week, you know, so to give them a little bit of pub and a little bit of attention, you know, I believe that was our Wednesday show, right? And of course, you know, Mark, we're yes. gonna do some graphics and we're gonna have some fun. But let's talk about this Wednesday show that you you you're excited about. Let's just talk about our guests that we're gonna have on the show. Yes, yes, that's Wednesday show. Jokes from the hood. If you don't make any other show, whoever's listening, be here on Wednesday because we have Letty Styles, and Letty Styles is hilarious. She is hilarious, and so um, she talks about relationships, and she's gonna talk a lot about talk to women about men. And it's so interesting because when I talked to her about being a guest on a guest, a guest on a show, you know, what we said we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about sex, but you know, we're not going to just mm. say that, you know, but we're going to talk about sex baby on um, Wednesday show with Letty Styles. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Our listeners definitely want to tune in on that show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you one thing. The how we roll and how we um, look out for each other on this show, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm looking forward to not only seeing the breakdown, have the, the, the guests and more listeners, but also, you know, us hitting, you know, some of these events and ultimately bringing the people onto our show so they get the visual too because I don't think people understand how, you know, visually interesting me and you can be also if cameras are around. You get what I'm saying? We look good. Right now they're getting yeah, I think I think we say we can we can really bring it home for people then and then you know we got so many layers to what we do you know what I'm saying so you know the the coolest thing I think about the breakdown is is as much as it's um it's an effort I think the effort is the only thing that is the toughest part because there's just so many cool things that come out of it every day but I I can even hear it in your voice today you carried the show you you today was like the Michael Jordan flu game. You know, you had a long day. You know, you did so many things today. I mean, it started in the morning. You know, we were talking about we had a radio show in the morning about the morning, and that was a whole segment. And you had this day, and then you carried the show. So I got to I got just applaud my partner, applaud my partner, and and say she had Jordan's flu game today because you went and did the damn thing. Thank you. Maybe one day we'll have some applause noises, but we'll get there. Today <laughs> we're just making we're it happen. So we want. Yeah, we want to thank everyone for tuning in. Thank Practice you for it. that clap showtime. I appreciate it. Thank That's you, Jokes in the Hood. Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in to another episode 
of the Breakdown Radio Show. We will be back tomorrow at the same time, 9 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. For more information or for advertising opportunities, please feel free to visit our website at thebreakdownradioshow.com.